don't know how this is going to go. You ready? Um, but I really feel this is in my heart to give to you today. Um, and I believe the delivery may be off, right? But the message is always effective. The word of God always goes out and accomplishes a purpose. The vessel can be strange in the Bible, right? It can be flawed. It can be a donkey, which has always been my role model to know that God can use anybody. Um, so I want to speak to you this thought today, and that is simply this, our response matters. Look at your neighbor and say, my response matters. You can be seated. I'm not going to start with a text. We'll, we're going to get into the word. Sister Chance, you are such a beautiful lady. This church is blessed with so much heritage and talent and anointed and good people. Great message I heard last week. Great youth leaders. Just great place to be. And um, we always look forward to our time. It's good to have my kids. Jude and Audrey, they're so wonderful, and they travel around, and uh, we've been at camp meeting with Brother Chance and Chase and others, and we're glad to be here. I've had some bad days in my life. You ever had a bad day? Now, let's be clear. I don't, I don't mean a bad day in the sense of someone, you know, cut you off on the road as you were heading to work, and you unfortunately decided to give them the universal sign of hello. I tell churches, I said, that's why I don't really promote church stickers on the back of, my, of our cars. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want them to know where we go to church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not talking about those kind of bad days. Um, I'm talking about earth-shaking, shattering days. Now, this may, not, this may sound like a, somebody cut you off in a, in a car or, or somebody stole your line at Chick-fil-A or whatever, they gave you the wrong order or things of that nature. But to me, as a junior high student at that moment, which has been a long time ago, um, this was a really bad day. So I was in eighth grade, and um, I was at a, a, a private school, and I was on the junior high basketball team. So we were playing basketball, and, and I was a part of the, the junior high team, Brother Chance. And the JV team, the ninth graders and above, the high school group, were going to be playing a game, and they were short a few players, and so the coach said, he called me in his office, said, hey, Derek, I think you're ready, I think you can handle it, I want you to play a game for the JV team. I'm an eighth grader. I'm playing in the high school stadium with the high school cheerleaders. I'm feeling pretty good. Right? So I get there. I don't really think I'm going to get to play. I just think I'm kind of like, you know, guy that sits on the bench just in case everybody is in crutches and they just need one more person. So I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm waiting and just enjoying the moment and it's, it's more people and it's bigger gym and everything seems to be going well. And all of a sudden, for some reason, and this may be why the coach didn't last very long and didn't keep his employment, but he decided to put me in. In a meaningful moment in the game. Chase, I'm, I'm nervous. My heart is pounding. I'm an eighth grade student in junior high playing in a ninth grade JV game 
and there's a lot of people, or at least more people than come to the junior high games, in a bigger gym, and I'm sitting there, and I'm the point guard, and so the guy is taking the ball out, and he throws me the ball. He throws me the ball. Boom. And my job is to turn around and to dribble across the court and to then hopefully do something not crazy as our team tries to score. My brain is just, my heart's pounding, my brain is racing. They throw me the ball. I catch the ball. I look up at the goal. And my brain says, you're wide open. And then I begin the process of shooting a layup and making it in the wrong goal for the wrong team. I spent the rest of the year being called wrong way Derek. It was a bad day in my life as an eighth grader trying to fit in. I can remember, and I think I've told you this, and most of you know, know a, lot of, a little bit about us. We've tried to always preach from vulnerability and from a place of honesty and just openness when we're here. Um, we went through Katrina as a family. My wife, we were not married at that point, but we went through Katrina, and my wife and her family own a restaurant and, in New Orleans, and um, it, it was a devastating moment to the church in New Orleans where my father is and to the restaurant. Um, it was a day that I can remember sitting in Alexandria and uh, watching uh, Fox News, and they, all of a sudden, after it was over, they, they standing out in the street saying, everything looks good, New Orleans looks like it, dodged the bullet in Katrina, and then next thing you know, you start hearing reports of levees that are busted, and water that is rising, and people that are stuck in their homes because they were just standing outside a few minutes ago thinking Katrina had uh, left the city, and then all of a sudden, levees begin to bust in cities and uh, communities like Lakeview and the Ninth Ward and places like Chalmette. The levees toppled the, I mean, the storm surge toppled the levees and begin to wipe homes. I walked around with friends to pick up stuff in their houses, and the only thing salvageable in their homes was things that were in the attic, you know, which is those things we don't really want, we just never get rid of. They're things that are, suits were mildewed. Baby rockers were destroyed. Houses were literally moved off of their slab and laying three or four hundred yards down the road. Just all over the place was chaos and destruction. And I remember driving into the city and seeing uh, armed guards and National Guardsmen riding around our city as we're trying to drive into our homes. And there's people with military equipment and armed uh, soldiers. And that was a pretty, pretty bad day. Um, we... We've all experienced some bad days. We've all had them, whether those, those life-shaking, earth-shattering days where it feels like our world is literally crumbling around us, where the, the ground that we were so sure about, days that we may have lost our job or days I, where maybe you lost a loved one, a child. I had a friend who lost a, a young baby in a swimming accident, and it's just those days that are bad, that it's just horrible, it's just you don't know what to do, and it's just times where things are not going well, the young lady that stepped out today, and you're dealing with cancer, and it's just a bad report, or bad news, or 
or our family struggle where something is just not working the way it ought to work. The reality is this. We all have bad days, and if you've never had one, I just ask you to buckle up a little bit and get ready because Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. So it's not, the real question, church, is not why do we have bad days? Sometimes we get lost in the why. Why is this happening to me, God? Why why am I sick? Why am I struggling? Why am I hurting? Why is my family going through this? It's not really why that is the question we should be asking. The question should be how do I respond to my bad day? Because bad days were going to happen. I read a story. It's in our Bible. It's a famous story, but we know the the character who many of us love, his name is David. And he's so wonderful to many of us because he's so flawed. He has such high highs and such low, low moments in his life. And, and there's a moment where he is out um, on top of a rooftop. And I heard someone say this. I don't think David being out there on a rooftop in a time of war was a one-time decision because he knew where to look and he knew where Bathsheba was going to be on the roof and he knew where to go and all of a sudden he's standing up there maybe because multiple little decisions led to a great, great bad decision. And he's standing on the rooftop. Bible talks about this story that we've heard and he sees Bathsheba and then he begins to not only look but he begins to act upon his, his desires and begins to drop the ball and begins the process of having a repeated multiple moments of bad days. And it ends in the result where Bathsheba is pregnant and is going to have a child. And the Bible tells the story that the Lord says that you're going to lose that child, David. That child's going to die. And that child's not going to be born and it's not going to happen. And, and the story is that David began to fast and pray and call the entire nation to prayer. And he just prayed and sought the Lord, and he asked God, please don't take the child. Please, God, whatever it takes, I'm sorry, I messed up, I dropped the ball. Don't take the child. And he prayed, and he asked, and all of a sudden, the Bible says that the men come in to tell David, they're a little concerned, but they come in and they say, King, we're so sorry to report the news, but your son has died. That's a bad day. That's a bad day when you've been praying and fasting and asking God to do it and God doesn't do the way you or doesn't answer the way we think he ought to answer. That's a bad day. That's kind of like Paul who said, I three times begged the Lord to remove the thorn in my flesh and, and God finally spoke because there was multiple times where God didn't speak. But he kept asking and finally God speaks and says, my grace is sufficient for your need. Now, if I would have been Paul... I probably would have said, thanks, God, but that didn't answer my question. What do we do when God doesn't answer the way we think he ought to answer? Or what do we do when God doesn't work the way we think he ought to work? David's praying. David's asking God to do the miraculous. David's asking God for forgiveness. David's asking God for a miracle. And God does not answer the way he th thinks he should answer. The reality is this. David was having a bad day, but what mattered was his response. And the Bible says when they walked into that room and they told David, David, you lost your son. The Bible says David did not complain. He did not backslide. He did not walk out 
him turn away from God. He did not throw a pity party. The Bible says he took off all the chaos and he put on the right robes and he began to worship God. Why does this matter, church? It matters because our response to bad days matters. Israel's walking uh, into their promised land, Sister Chance. They're about to cross over. They send 12 spies out. They say, go look around on this land and see what it, what's going to happen and, and tell us what we need to do. And the Bible says, you know, this is a children's story. Ten spies come back and say, we can't take it. It's too massive. They're too big. We're, we're grasshoppers in their sight. And two spies say, we can take it. We can do all things through Christ. They, there's these two different viewpoints. And the reality is they all saw the same giants. They all saw the same chaos. They all saw the same grapes. They all saw the same enemy. But ten of them chose to operate with fear and negativity, and two chose to operate with faith. Ten chose to respond in negativity, and two chose to respond in faith. And can I tell you, they were all correct. The ten that responded with fear and negativity, guess what? They said, we can't do it. And you know what? They couldn't do it. But the two that said they could, guess what? They did. The negative response caused an entire nation to miss their promised land. David responded with worship. And when his life was over, he was remembered after, as a man of God after the heart of God. The generation of Israel was remembered as a stiff-necked people simply because of their response. One said, I've come to worship on a bad day. And ten said, we've come to be negative. I don't know what kind of bad day you've had or what kind of bad year you've had. But your response to that bad day matters. I don't know why you've got cancer back in your body. But my response is going to be, Jesus, you're worthy of all the praise. God, you didn't answer like I wanted you to answer. You didn't do it like I wanted you to do it. You didn't heal my body. You didn't fix my family. You didn't fix my situation. I did lose my job. I, I do have sickness in my body. But my response matters. Because bad days are coming. Bad days are here. Bad days are a part of life. It's not if you're going to have a bad day. It's how you're going to respond to your bad day because your response will determine your future. I want to read you a story in the Bible and then I'll be done and then we're going to have a moment of worship. Can we do that? I want to read you Job chapter 1 verse 1 through 5. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. They're going to have it in the King James but you'll get the gist. I just want to read it for you. There once was a man named Job. I want you to use your imagination with me. He lived in the land of Uz. Sounds like a Wizard of Oz tale. He was blameless. Everybody say blameless. He was a man of complete integrity. He feared God. He stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest, everybody say richest, person in the entire area. He was the 
the Bill Gates. He was the prince of Saudi Arabia. He was the richest person in his area. Job's sons would take a take turns preparing feasts, the Bible says, in their homes, and they would also invite their sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations would end, sometimes they would last for several days. Job, the Bible says, would purify his children, or he would pray for his children, basically. He would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning, the Bible says, he would offer a burnt offering for each of them. The Bible says that Job said this. He said, perhaps my children have sinned and have caused God or have cursed God in their hearts. The Bible says this was Job's regular practice. What a man. Wow, this, this, this could have been a Father's Day message. What a father. He was wealthy. He had integrity. He was blameless. He was blessed. He was praying for his family. He was standing in the gap for all of his people. He was doing everything he could that was right. He was being obedient. I cannot just venture out. He was coming to church if they would have had a church. He was singing in the choir if they would have had a choir. He was teaching Sunday school if they would have had Sunday school. He was blameless, had a man of integrity, a man of wealth, a good man, a godly man. What a man. What a lover of God. Look at verse 6. And on that one day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. They came to present themselves and the accuser. Satan, the Bible says, came with them. He said, the Lord said, where are you come from? And Satan said, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. The Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? Check him out. He's the finest man in all the earth. Sometimes I don't know if I want God to talk about me. He said he's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God. He stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, the Bible says, he said, yeah, but he really doesn't love you, God. He's just using you for your protection. He, he only loves you because you're protecting him and his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. Look how blessed he is. But, but God, let me, you know, I know, I know people, Satan says. I know people because I'm walking the earth looking at them. And he said, you take all that hedge of protection around Job and, and, and you reach out and take it away and he's going to curse you to your face. And the Lord says, okay, let's try it. You can test him. Do whatever you want to with him. Whatever the process, but you can't harm him physically. The Bible says that Satan left the presence of God. So there's Satan, guys. Let me just tell you this if you don't know who he is. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He stands up day and night accusing everybody. There he is, accusing. So just be careful when you get in with accusations because then you get in with the wrong crowd. Because that's who he is. He's an accuser of the brethren. God says, why don't you check out Job? He's my all-star. He's my A-plus. He's my home run hitter. He's bats fourth in the lineup. He's the quarterback. He's the, he's the A-plus student. He's the one. He loves me. I'm telling you, he loves me. And Satan's response to that is, does he really love you? He, he doesn't really love you. He's just using you because you're blessing him. And the Bible says, go ahead and throw your best shot at him. All right, I know you're like, where are we going? We were just worshiping. Stay with me. We're going to get back to that. I want you to get this picture. Blameless. Integrity. Good father. Good man of God. 
All of a sudden, he ain't done nothing. He's been coming to church. He's been faithful. He's been loving God. He's been loving people. He's been walking. And all of a sudden, Satan pops up, and them and God start to talk, and God says, oh, he loves me. And God says, you can test him, but you can't kill him. Look at verse 13, the next one. One day, just walk with me with this. One day, Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the older brother's house, and a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. He said, Job, your oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them when the Sabines raided us and they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one left to tell you. So now you've lost all your farmhands, you've lost all of your donkeys, and I'm the only one left. Look at the verse. Look at the next verse. While he was still speaking. So while one guy is telling him you lost all your donkeys, you lost all your farmhands, he's not even finished telling him how bad his day is. And another person shows up and says, well, well, uh, Job, um, we've got some more news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and he burned up the sheep and the shepherds. And I am the only one left to tell you. Look at the next verse. While he was still speaking. So I just, I want to just go ahead and say maybe they were both speaking at the same time. They're just giving Job bad news after bad news. And he says, while he was speaking, a third messenger arrived. When he knew, he said, there's three bands of Chaldean raiders. They've stolen all your camels. So now you've lost all your, you've lost all your oxen, your donkeys. You've lost all your sheep. Now you've lost all your camels. You've lost all your servants. I'm the only one speaking. I'm the only one left. Look at the next one, verse 18. You getting it? While he was yet speaking, four times while he was yet speaking, another said, I got some bad news. Your sons and your daughters were, they were feasting in a house at the older brother's home, and suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness, and it hit the house and all the sides of the house, and the house collapsed, and all your children are dead. I am the only one left. This is his day. We all have bad days, but this is his day. This is a one day in the life of Job. And he said, you lost your cattle. You lost all your livestock. Your 401 k is gone. Your job security is gone. Your financial supply is gone. Not only did you lose your cattle, but you've lost all your employees. All your servants are gone. They're all dead. And while one was still delivering bad news, another came to deliver more bad news. You lost your sheep, bud. All your sheep are gone. It's getting worse. And while he was still speaking, another showed up and said, you lost your camels. You've lost your cars and you lost your transportation. You lost it all. Then while he's still speaking, another shows up and he says, bud, I got to tell you one more thing and I hate to do it, but you lost your kids. Now, my, my shooting the basketball on the wrong goal doesn't quite seem like a bad day compared to Job's bad day. It really blows my mind that there's a Job chapter 2 because I don't know if I could have made it through Job chapter 1. So my question is this, how do you handle that kind of bad day? It's found in verse 20. You ready? Then Job stood up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and he worshiped. He said, I came in naked from my mother's womb and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gives what he has and he takes away. Praise be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says in all of this, Job did not sin blaming God. 
I feel this in my heart for this group of people. You've got to understand. You've got to, number one, worship in spite of what you've heard. Let me just be transparent. I've heard a lot of negative things about me over the years. I've heard people say some things that I wish they never would have said. But you know what? I'm still up here and I'm still worshiping God. Job, you lost this and Job, you've lost that. In spite of all of that, Job, he says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to worship God because my response matters. The whole book of Job is about Job's response. And if you don't get anything, get this. His initial response positioned him for the latter rain, which would be greater than the former rain. If Job would have responded to his bad day with fear and negativity, he would have aborted his latter rain future. Let me tell you, don't abort your future because of your current situations. I know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. I know I've got some bad news. I know I've had some bad days. I know things aren't going always the way I think they ought to go. But God, I'm not aborting my future in my current situation situation is chaos. I'm just going to worship in spite of what I've heard. I heard, I hear this and this and this and it's bad and it's bad, but I'm just going to get up and worship God. So we worship in spite of what we heard because our response matters. And we worship because I still got strength to stand. The Bible says, Job, can you imagine if just for a moment if that was you, that news probably knocked him to the ground. I lost everything. I lost my job. I'm about to lose my mind. I lost my kids. on the ground and he's beat up he's beat down because of a bad day the Bible says he had enough strength to get up the Bible says he arose Church, I've come to tell you, you still got breath in your body. So when the scripture says, as let everything that has breath praise the Lord, you still got breath in your body. I know you're going through it because we're all going through it. It's a messed up world we live in, but I've come to worship God. Job said, naked I came in and naked shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord because I'm still standing gave me enough strength. The New Testament, Paul said, having done all, it just stand. I 
done all I can, church. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've given, I'm doing it all, but my body still hurts, my family's still a mess, my mind's still wrecked up. I don't know how it's going to work out. My future's in, is, is in the cloudy, and I don't know what's going to happen. But having done all, I've done everything I know how to do. I'm just going to stand because my response to a bad day matters. Let me tell you, church, If the enemy could have destroyed you, he would have already destroyed you. So you let him know on this Sunday morning, I know you've thrown the best shot at me that you can throw. I know you've thrown the kitchen sink at me, but you can't take me out. So I'm going to stand to my feet, in my spirit and in my body, and I'm going to worship God because I'm still standing. Your worship lets the devil know you're not giving up. And I'm done. Y'all can stand. I'm done. We're about to have a moment. You ready? We're about to have a worship moment. I know we already had them. And Toby, Toby's my friend. and He's a great man. And they do a great job. Just chants and do all the, that's a lot of work that goes into that. So you should always be grateful. Because if you didn't have them doing it, you'd have me doing it. And it would be bad. So we don't want that. But I worship God. My response matters. It's not if you're going to have a bad day. Because you're going to have one. But I'm going to worship in spite of what I hear. Job heard a lot of bad news. But he just worshiped. And I'm going to worship because I'm still standing. And the last thing. Because I'm going to worship because I'm not alone. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job knew, I'm beat up, I'm beat down, but I got a name. I got a name that is higher than any other name. The name to Job was Yahweh. It means to cause to become. He can cause your situation to become whatever he wants it to become. So when you are weak, he can cause you to be strong. And at your disposal is the name that is higher than any other name. You've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ got his spirit flowing in you and royal blood is flowing through your veins. You're not alone. Preacher, you don't know what I've been through. I don't. You don't know what I've been through either. But we got royal blood flowing through our veins. And I'm not alone. So I worship because I'm not alone. I read this the other day. Gratitude and anxiety, they did a scientific study. They can't coexist in the mind. When you have thankfulness and gratitude for what God has done, you can't have anxiety in your mind at the same time. So let me tell you, don't let your worry be louder than your worship. And I know I had you stand a little early, and I'm sorry, but just one more second. We recently went back to help my father because the church 
was in chaos. And we felt we, he, he, was, he just needed help. And nobody was going to do it. And he did it. We landed in, the, on the, in New Orleans. And two weeks later, my father's first convert, bass player, board member, 50 years old, drops dead of a heart attack. Church is devastated. We get in that moment, and we've had bad day after bad day, struggle after struggle. I feel sorry for my poor wife. She's down to one bass player, Toby. That's it. That's pretty. You're going to start crying just thinking about it, aren't you? Down to one bass player, no musicians. Everything is just chaos. But every time I think about it, Just keep coming back to worship God. I don't know what God's going to do and how God's going to do it. Babe, if I could fix it, I'd have a whole group of people playing, but I can't. So until we can, until that gets resolved, guess what? On my bad day, I'm just going to worship God. There are times we go home and we cry. And we cry, and we cry, but guess what? We come right back and we worship. There are days we go home and we're hurting and we're broken and we're frustrated, but guess what? We come right back and we worship. There are days we go home and we wonder how God's going to do it and what God's doing and how it's going to work out, but we come right back and we worship. There are days we come home and we question, does God even care about us? Is God even going to fight for us? Is God even going to be in the middle of this chaos? But then we come right back and we worship God. We worship in spite of what we hear. We worship because we're still standing. We worship because we know we're not alone because our response I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I don't know your customs, and I don't know your protocols, but I'm going to open these altars, or you can stay in your moment. My wife's going to sing one of my favorite songs. This has become my anthem for my bad days. And I want you to close your eyes, and if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. If you want to step out and come to the altar for a moment, God's about to meet you right here because you're not going to stop. You're going to keep worshiping in spite of your bad days. You're going to keep loving God in spite of your chaos. You're going to just, your response to the bad day is going to be worship. Your response is going to be worship. Lost it all. home tomorrow, but you never end.
God, one move to fix my bad day. And that one response and that one move is worship. I worship you in my bad day. I worship you in my sickness. I worship you in my heart. kindest men I know. But I feel this in my heart. I, I'm being transparent. I preach this to the church in New Orleans because they've been in a battle. And God gave me, and when God gave me this message, I don't know that I'll preach it again, Brother Chase, but I know without a doubt the Lord told me, because I knew I was coming here, and I knew I had to preach the week before in New Orleans, and it was, this is what you're preaching for two weeks. I said, okay, God. Don't abort your future ladder rain because of your current circumstance. Job, you could have threw in the towel. You had probably every right and reason to do it in the flesh. But Job said, my response 
makes a difference. And so I'm going to respond with worship. Has he answered all my prayers? Not yet. Has he answered everything the way I want? No. Has he put me on the gold path to the to where everything's easy and it's just I'm there. I found the easy button. Nope. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be bad moments in life. There may even be bad seasons in life. But my response, I'm going to get myself up and tell the devil, he tried, but I'm still standing. I'm still coming to church on Sunday and I'm still going to teach Sunday school class and I'm still going to be on the worship team and I'm still going to pay my tithes still going to be faithful to the house of God and I'm going to still worship and the devil you're not going to tell me I'm a hypocrite because what happened last night I'm coming in today to worship God even though I may have had a bad day yesterday I'm still going to worship God and I'm still standing devil and in spite of all the negativity I hear in my world in my circumstance I'm going to worship him and I'm going to worship because I'm not alone I've got the name of Jesus you and I love this church your response to your bad day matters so respond with worship because he is worthy and your latter rain will be greater than your former rain one more time lift up your hearts and lift up your minds and lift up your voices to God and tell him I don't have a lot to offer I don't know what to give you God but I'll give you worship I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to give you worship.
just tell you today that this is not for one or two people this morning. What you heard this morning will fit every life in this building. And I don't want to be a pessimist today, but everybody here, you've either been in a storm, you're in a storm, or you're headed for a storm. So get ready. Get ready. Your response matters to God. Individuals go through trouble. Families go through trouble. Marriages go through trouble. Churches go through trouble. But our response is what matters to God. Does anybody believe that today? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick with what I know works because I've worshipped my way out of many a prison, Brother Ed. I've worshipped my way out of many a trial. I've worshipped my way out of sickness. I've worshipped my way out of pain. I've worshipped my way out of all the things the devil has hurled at me over the last 50, 60 something years of my life and I'm here to tell you right now I won't quit worshiping now I'll still worship God no matter what the devil throws at me hallelujah is there anybody that would join and say my response my response is going to be I love you Jesus I don't understand it but I trust you I don't know why it's here but I believe you I'm going to worship the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Brother Derek. What you said today is from God, directly from God. Folks, I can't, I can't even tell you how thankful I am that God is speaking to this church in such powerful ways. Amen. He's speaking to your heart. Don't disregard what you've heard today. Don't say that was for somebody else. You're going to need what you heard today. You may not need it at this present moment, but you're going to need what you heard today. So respond correctly. Give God. It's not your actions that matter so much. It's your reactions. Your actions can be great and be good can cover a lot of ground and do a lot of good things. You can be proactive in your life as a Christian. All of that is well and good. Where the rubber meets the road is how you're going to react when things aren't so well, when things are not like you think they ought to be. When you're going through the trial and tribulation of your life, it's the reactions that matter. I've had to check my spirit I've had to check my mind. I've had to check my soul over and over and over in my life and say, Lord, make sure. Here's what I believe, and I thank you. I can't add nothing to what's been said here today. Not one thing can I add. But here's, here's what I do know. In every trial, there's a lesson. In every tribulation, there's a message. In everything you go through as a child of God, there's something that you need to learn. And this is what I often tell God. You let me see why you're going, let me go through this and why I'm here and what I'm doing. And let me let me understand because here's the bottom line. If you don't get it this time, you're going through it again. Because the perfection of God 
us through the trial and tribulation of his saints. That's why he said, the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. I want God to know that I'm, I'm learning and I've got, I hear what he's saying. So I'm going to keep responding in worship. Would you do it? Would you respond in worship today? Would you just say, Lord, here it is. I worship you today. I worship you today. Thank you, Brother Derek Parker and Sister Alicia. What a great, great, great team and what great people. I love these people. I want them to come back soon and I want them to come back often because I feel like, I feel like he just fits right here in this church and knows how to minister to these people. God bless you today. Shake hands with your neighbor. Be here Wednesday for Bible study. Don't forget Vacation Bible School. And right now, I'm headed out this door. If I don't get to shake your hand, I want to meet with VBS people right now, okay? Quickly, right now.